Hey, y'all, and welcome to The Application, a podcast nestled nicely in the Enrollify Podcast Network. This is your guide, Corinne Myers, and I am so excited to share my love of high-grade Marcoms, student experience, and campus worlds. My friends at Rara were awesome enough to sponsor all of the insights and ideas I get to share with you over the course of the application's episodes. So let's get into it. Today we're here with Cooper Jones, who um, is from Rara. He's actually, his company is sponsoring the application, um, and we're here to talk about student experience once again. So Cooper, thank you so much for being here. I would love to hear, you know, your title, a little bit about your day-to-day and kind of like the lay of the land, what you're currently seeing um, in student experience. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much, Corinne. It's uh, been a privilege of ours to be able to sponsor the podcast, so we're excited to uh, have me on a guest. So thank you again. Uh, as you said, my name is Cooper Jones. I'm one of the co-founders and the CEO of Rara. And, you know, really what we focus on is the student experience, which is pretty pertinent to today. Uh, The vehicle in which we focus on enhancing that, fixing that, scaling the student experience is through a mobile application. Uh, We really realized that when it came to the mobile applications that are currently serving students provided by the institution, that there was a lot of opportunity uh, for improvement. Not really anything that was the institution's fault, but you know when we think about any mobile application that we use in our everyday experiences, they really have a common trait, and that is that they're simple and usable with strong design and are fairly scalable. And when it comes to mobile apps in the current state of higher ed, they're not really hitting the mark on any of those. They're very cumbersome. There's thousands of features And so we wanted to build something that would actually encourage students to actually use it on an everyday basis. And so through that, what we're seeing is that not only can we enhance the student experience, but it's kind of this tide that rises many boats, whether that be diversity, be retention, belonging, well-being even, uh, to things as, as challenging to solve as equitability. And so we're really excited to have the opportunity to make an impact. So that's super interesting. I was at the University of Michigan and we had an app and we we tried to use it in lots of ways. Um, and what's interesting to me is how many things it was supposed to do, which meant it really didn't do anything because we were expecting it to solve lots of problems. What sort of specific problems are you looking to solve with this app? Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, I kind of covered the more macro level problems, but I agree completely with you. Uh, And it goes back to the point of all those other consumer apps. And so Netflix has a purpose to entertain. ClassPass has a purpose to help you exercise. And for us, ours is to help students discover and access the thousands of different services, resources, offerings and opportunities that are spread throughout a campus. And so by focusing on just that one sole purpose, we're really, really able to kind of create something that is simple, that has strong design and scales to the many corners of the campus. So walk me through from a user perspective. I'm a student. Um, I download the app. Um, how do, what does that process look like? What do I see? How do I get like where I want to be? And what am I looking at in terms of like uh, user experience? Yeah. So you're looking at something that is branded to your institution but we really kind of you know, hold the, uh, the, buy fairly, the bar fairly high on what it looks and feels like and flows like, but automatically you're met with uh, topics, 
which are a combination of different programming resources, services spread throughout campus that are relevant to you. Uh, you're met with intuitive search. So rather than searching pay for you know your bill payment and seeing processes, press releases, results from Google, you're finding everything that you need automatically uh, versus thousands of results. And you're being met with groups or organizations, events, and probably most importantly, resources that are relevant to you as an individual. And so we think about Netflix, right? When we all downloaded Netflix, I'm gonna age myself, but probably 10 years ago, um, we weren't just thrown thousands of movie titles and TV shows. It asked us, what do we like? And so we're doing the exact same thing uh, during the onboarding experience so that automatically students are finding their sense of place and space and comfort at that institution. And so that's kind of that discovery component. And then once you find yourself to the career center or the well-being center, the tutoring center, or all of these different services that higher ed spends so much money on, you are met with a common design that helps you book time with that service, with those individuals. Um, and that's really what's creating the stickiness is it's something that you have to use on an everyday basis to kind of go about your business of being a student versus being thrown in thousands of different websites or platforms or systems in the process it gets to even find those in the first place. I love this idea of personalization and we've talked about this on the last five episodes, I feel like, of the podcast about personalization and how unpersonalized higher ed tends to be in terms of content. You know, the websites are everything to everyone. There's lots and lots of content. And like you said, even site search pulls up uh, press releases from 2017 that is not relevant to the needs of that user in that in that time and space. Um, and so I love this idea of personalization, but also discovery, which is an interesting component, I think, because we're seeing social channels go towards discovery, right? TikTok's entire algorithm is almost based solely on discovery. Um, and this idea that higher ed, especially larger institutions, like you said, have so many resources, so many things going on, and you cannot possibly send 30 million emails to one student describing all of these things. So I love this idea of discovery. Um, so in terms of like what's going on behind the scenes, um, are students putting in like their preferences or how are they, how are you getting that personalized content in discovery phase um, and them discovering these resources? How are they putting that information in to get that personalization? Yeah, well, and that's the beauty of higher ed is that, you know, so long as you're up to par on your security standards, there are systems that exist that we have the ability to integrate with to start collecting a lot of information. Now, a lot of that is still up to the institution. You don't want to, nor do we want to collect too much or too little. Uh, and there is nuance to each every in each and every institution. But through an integration with the SIS, with the learning management system, um, as well as a pretty simple onboarding experience, there's a lot that you can collect so that in first use, there is value. And that's the thing that you have to nail is that first use. If, if an application doesn't provide immediate relevancy, immediate value for something like TikTok, immediate entertainment, then you're not going to use it. And the value of a mobile application versus a web application is our algorithms continue to learn and change with the user. 
And so all of that is directly correlated to what is on campus. And so the product and kind of the institution grows with the student, no matter them being a first year to their entire time or term of being a student at that institution. And so it's pretty neat what you can do if you are mobile first. I love this idea of experiences. Um, and we talk about student experiences a lot. Um, and then also the intersection of what brand means to students and how that brand is formed inside their heads, right? So brand is like this in, intangible thing that we as marketers and communicators try to influence, but really ultimately it belongs to that um, individual uh, consumer, in this case, student. But I love the idea of connecting students um, through a seamless experience that they're used to, like you said, on all the other apps that they're using, right? So uh, students are regular people, in case anybody didn't know that, and they're using apps every day in their everyday lives. And the expectations of those apps and the experiences they're having with those apps influence their expectations of all other apps. And so this idea of having um, an application that is just as easy to use as Target, as, you know, um, TikTok, as all the other apps they're using is incredibly important because, like you said, that expectation is there that that, that app is easy to use, it's pretty, um, and it's also relevant to what they need in that time. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, even with that, I think there's a really important distinction to call out between the influence of other consumer applications and the mirroring of other consumer applications. So one of the things that we always had influence us is, you know, Instagram. There's a reason that the help page on Instagram is so hard to find. And that's because it's really easy to use. And, you know, that's where influence takes the cake over mirroring with something, say, like messaging. You know, we've heard other institutions tell us that there's other providers out there that are great companies and great people, but are saying, well, this is like Facebook for your campus. And if, well, if that's the case, a strong and powerful product, but wouldn't they just use Facebook um, or something like messaging? You know, well, wouldn't they just use Discord? Wouldn't they just use iMessage? And so there's really this fine line that you need to take. And the way that you kind of toe that line is by actually meeting with and working with the students. What is it that they need? What is it that they want? And what is it that they're expecting? Um, and that kind of has driven every single aspect of our product since day one. The link between student engagement and student success is clear. The more actively engaged students are, the more likely they are to learn, stick with their studies through to graduation, and attain their academic goals. Most higher ed institutions understand that link now better than ever. And yet in the last year, graduation rates are down 6%, Retention is down 15%, and co-curricular engagement is down from 59 to 57%. Students cite struggles finding the right resource at the right time to feel engaged on their own terms, as well as an increasing level of mental health challenges and anxiety as some of the biggest barriers to engagement. That's where Rob Rock comes in. Rob Rock Student Engagement and Success Technology makes it easier for your students to engage with information, services, resources, and tools they need every day than a single app. Whether it's booking time with their advisor, signing up for an event or club, or learning more about financial literacy as a college student, with Rava, there's no more searching around various websites, social media pages, or looking through email inboxes. It's all within the Rava app. 
Even better, over time, the app will learn what is most relevant to your students and will push those resources first, similar to a Netflix experience. I actually downloaded Ra Ra on my phone myself and got to try it out. Super cool, great curated content, and a great way really to make it a one-stop shop. We all know higher ed websites tend to be monsters. Start making student experience the center of everything you do by visiting raralife.com slash application. That's raralife.com slash application. Yeah, this idea of, um, again, expectations, I, this, I think it's an interesting concept, especially coming from brand side, higher ed, of simply asking, asking students what they want and where the gap is in, in that space. I also think it's important to note that these experiences that you're connecting students with impact their perception of brand and obviously lead to larger um, you know, behaviors like retention. Um, and so this idea of if I can find the resources, I feel supported and connected to my campus through um, this easy to use application that connects me to the resources I need, I'm more likely to feel good about it and I'm more likely to talk to my friends about it and I'm more likely to stick around, honestly. Um, and that word of mouth is so powerful. Are you seeing this kind of ripple effect from basic good UX, good application and connecting to those larger kind of metrics? Yes, we are. Um, you know, even at a, one of our campuses that we've been live at for over a year, uh, their past mobile application had something along the lines of a 5% download rate. And the usage rate that they're seeing with Rara is exponentially larger. Um, and so that's something that we're very proud of. But, you know, it was through thinking about the kind of the approach that we took which was rather than us just having a bright idea and saying, let's go build it and sell it. We spent two years on campuses meeting with students just about every day, whether that be in person or virtually and saying, what is it that is really, what are you really struggling with? And doing the same thing with the institutions and the administrators. And what became interesting was during this design partner phase, we would receive requests um, for different features that were essentially faster workflows. So the student activities office saying, hey, can we make this process 10 steps instead of five steps, which there's absolutely merit to, but our common response to anything of that nature is, well, is that going to impact the five people in this office or is that going to impact the thousands of students on campus? And when we posed our responses in that way, then our intention became very, very clear. You know, if you can build something that's, you know, ultimately relevant to the indiv individual, but useful to the masses, then you can do a lot of good. And so that's the way that we've always thought about it. That's super interesting. Um, you know, I think as higher professionals who are, you know, I, I believe, strongly believe they're, they're all doing their, we're all doing our best. Um, and there's so much going on and a lot of uh, individuals wearing multiple hats. Sometimes it's hard to step back and look at the larger picture and ask, is this good for the student or is this because we have um, issue, admin issues or operational issues internally um, that are maybe um, hindering progress? Um, and as a student coming in, especially coming in without any knowledge of the institution they've, they've enrolled in, they don't know any of the back end admin issues or why we have to do, you know, a three page uh, 
form fill to get their information or why we're doing all of these things, right? They're just having a bad experience and their expectations, again, um, are super high and we're not meeting those expectations. So I love the idea of ensuring that um, even administrators on campus understand that this is student-centric, student-first, because ultimately, and in the long run, that will serve campus a lot better than looking at, um, you know, adjusting, again, for those admin issues. Are you... Are you approaching um, campus like so? I'm imagining this is this is a hard sell because um, often institutions are siloed. Um, there's a lot of, like I said, admin issues and operations. How are you talking to individuals on campus, making decisions and getting their buy-in? Well, you know, it it is any in any sale into the higher ed space is challenging, and frankly, for good reason. Um, you know, yes, there is silos and there's different decision uh, making criteria that have to be addressed. But ultimately, one of the reasons that all of these decisions can take time and a lot of trust, which isn't a bad thing, is because they understand that these are tools and platforms that impact students and they're very protective of those students. And so we've never really seen that as a bad thing. We've always seen ourselves as, you know, being a part of the process and earning trust. Um, but it does depend on the stakeholder. Thankfully, most executive administrators, if not all, are now really coming towards this prioritization of being student first. And so that's really, really helped us post pandemic. And we're thankful for that. Um, but you know, when it comes to student affairs, it's really focusing on the holistic student experience, how much of their budget is devoted to all of these resources, all of these services, and how much value they do provide to the institution. Um, You know, there's a study by the National Bureau of Economic Research that wrapped up a few years ago, but essentially some economists went over to a few different schools and they assessed that every single student has an additional 14% return on education just by being on campus, by the sheer consumption value. Now, where does all that consumption value reside? More often than not in student affairs. So there's a huge business impact that you can make by just making all of your resources and services a lot more discoverable and accessible. To Central IT uh, and to the CIO's office, there's been a shift that has largely taken place, but we're still in the process of CIOs going and, you know, essentially becoming a lot more strategic and sitting right next to the president, the EVP of strategy and finance, because there's so much value in the data. Um, And so those are two areas. And then I think the third and the final would be the provost's office. And all provosts now understand that there is a direct correlation uh, to academic performance and the well-being of their students, to academic performance and the engagement of their students. And I think that was one of our biggest challenges was when we started in 2018, when we hear the word engagement in higher ed, our heads, our hearts, our experience automatically goes towards email engagement facilitated by a CRM, which is great, uh, or it's traditional engagement like joining an organization or attending an event, which also are great. The data does show that does increase student success. But the reality is that students are engaging with the campus so many more ways every single day. And to go back to the point that you made just a couple of minutes ago, 
they don't see departments. They don't see these silos. They see one campus. They see, as you said, you went to Michigan. So they see one block in and they see one campus and they want it to be easy. And so in order to make an impact and address those needs, you need to build something that is that consumer experience for the student, but also is very easy to implement, to integrate with, and to set up for the institution so that they can get as immediate of an impact as possible. So in, in the research you mentioned, and there's additional research that shows you know, student satisfaction and retention are closely tied to those relationships that they build with faculty, with staff with their peers um, and this idea and the overwhelm, honestly, of all the available resources to students. Um, sometimes it feels like, um, you know, as higher ed professionals, we are setting up and building these resources and providing these resources, but no one's ever talking about them or, or pushing them out to the person who would most benefit from them. And it's, you know, it's the, I grew up in Iowa, so forgive me, but it's the, you know, if you build it, they will come is not true right it's you if you build it don't apologize (laughs) for being from iowa it's a great state i'm actually going out there next week you're going to iowa next week i am yeah i'm looking forward to it (laughs) great um Um, lots of cornfields i you know there's cities there but i literally had a cornfield next to me um but yeah the whole idea of like if they if you build it they will come is, is not true right it's you have to build it and then talk about it, and then maybe they'll come. Um, and so this idea of not pushing out all of these amazing things that are available to students in ways that are specific to that student. So I love this idea of we have all these resources, all these amazing things that are happening, and you, student, get to tell us what you'd be interested in, because it would also be too much to tell them about all the resources available to everybody, because they're not, you know, they're not this general person. They're a very specific person with specific motivations and interests. And so I love this idea of taking that huge amount of resources, putting it into a digital format that they know and have grown to expect, but also filtering it for them specifically. So I'm interested in why, how, how did you come, why this? Why, why was this the, the thing that you wanted to build, you and your company, why was this the thing you wanted to build and hire? And how did you how did you figure out that was the gap? Well, I want to address, you know, the comment you just made is just so spot on. And one of the best compliments that's ever been paid to our team was from a chief student affairs officer who told us that we were enabling their department to go from feeling good to know that they're doing good. Higher ed spends an aggregate uh, about $300 billion a year on student services. What is there to show for that? It's really hard to show the effectiveness, to show the data, to show the outcomes when there's 50 systems that are being poured into those efforts. Uh, And so we're really, really proud of kind of untying that knot. And I think, you know, with that point, it's it kind of goes against what we talk about and what higher ed is so proud of. And for good reason is the words persistence and grit. We talk all the time about all of our students today having persistence and having resiliency and having grit, but yet when they arrive on campus, we're essentially handing them a massive knot and saying, hey, you have persistence, you have grit, you have resilience, untie this and figure it out. And so what Rara is doing is essentially untying that knot even before they're arriving on campus to do things like decrease melt and increase yield 
but just as much so increase that retention by saying, here's a streamlined experience. It's set up for you. Welcome. Um, why we started Rara in the first place is kind of a couple of different points. But one, we actually started out as a well-being platform. Um, and early on, we saw that higher ed was investing so much in the well-being of their students. But all of this was in marketing. It was in infrastructure. It was in human capital. There was really, really wasn't much from a technology perspective. And so we wanted to go and be the first at that. And we started as that. It was going really well. But a lot of institutions came to us and said, hey, this is great. It does fill a gap. But it's contributing to this larger, frankly, a lot harder problem was that this is just going to be one of 50 different tools that a student is going to have to use. And so what can you do to simplify that experience? And so that's really what kind of morphed us into being what we call a community engagement system. And the way that I like to think about it now, and I think what, you know, motivates me in the morning is my own college experience. Uh, I'm a kid from the Midwest as well, about 40 miles west of Chicago, and I went to Oklahoma State. And the only reason that I went to Oklahoma State is because my big sister went there. I've always looked up to her. We could have a podcast about you know her successes. I'm really proud of her. But all that being said, I didn't know anyone. I didn't know anything about OSU. But despite that fact, the moment I arrived on campus, I was set up for success. I had someone there on day one to say, hey, this is where this is. This is how this works. This is who you should talk to. This is where this is. This is what you would be interested in. And that's a privilege. I mean, point blank, a majority of college students in America do not have that luxury or privilege. And so as we were building Raw Raw, we realized, and I don't know if my sister would appreciate this, but that we were kind of building a digital version of her, a digital white glove service, a digital, you know, concierge, so to speak, so that every single student could have exactly what I had the moment I arrived on a campus that was very unfamiliar to me. I think the note about the grit and, you know, we've, we've talked about students and their resiliency, especially as, as COVID, you know, ravaged the nation and just transformed education, I think, for forever and honestly took a lot of away a lot of experiences that students could have had. And this idea that, yeah, I'm resilient, but can we just can I have a break, please? Can I not be resilient for a second? I think we'd all like to stop being resilient and kind of take a deep breath. So this appreciation for taking those experiences and making them easier um, to to, uh, to to navigate, to adjust, to consume, I think is so important. And then this idea that um, students and, and taking a step back, especially um, as higher ed professionals, I, I, I think, and I say this to my friends a lot, the best person to, to secret shop your institution is a millennial with anxiety. Because let me tell you, I would... I need to know all the information. I need to know where to park. I need to know how to make an appointment. I need to know what to expect, what's going to happen during, what's going to happen after, right? I want to know all these things so I feel confident in my decisions and can take the next steps. And I, again, will do it over and over again. So my expectations of my journeys in everyday life match those of students, right? Students come in and if they want to make a appointment um, with the CAPS office, because you told them you care about mental health and wellness, but they can't because they can't find the website, they don't know where to go, and they have no idea what they're doing, 
you've created way more anxiety and you've also broken that experience and now they are that your your brand and their brain is is less um, and they're just now they can't make other decisions or have better experiences in the long run so this idea of consolidating not only resources but making it easy to access them but also setting expectations of those services and those resources. So I love this idea of, like you said, you had this you know, personal tour um, and personal almost hand-holding, if you will, um, with your experience. And so creating a digital experience that almost provides, it, it does provide a more accessible way to provide that experience to simply put yourself in those, those students' shoes and ease their anxieties because Honestly, we're all standing at a bus stop and no one's going to say, I have no idea what I'm doing because we all assume everyone else does and we're the only person who doesn't. But in reality, we have no idea what we're doing all around. And so this idea yeah. of providing that that information and resources in a way they can access is is huge and, and life-changing almost to those students as well. It can be, depending on the student. Um, you know, it's not too far out to say something like that. And that's something that we have to earn every single day. And it's not something that we take lightly, but you know, a way that we like to think about it is that it can take me four taps of my thumb to set up a bank account, to invest in a stock, but it takes a student 17 clicks to get a career advising appointment, probably some typing or some phone calls uh, or a tutoring appointment or whatever it may be. And so those experiences can be automated. And what's I think really important is change is hard in any industry and it's especially challenging in the higher ed space and so that's where we are thankful that we took our time to build rara because you know on the surface level if someone sees a platform like rara they're gonna be like oh my gosh this changes our entire campus this is going to be a challenge this is going to take years to implement and the reality is is that that's just not the case when you leverage true integration and, you know, by integration, it's not putting a button in our application to send you to a web page. That's a poor user experience. Then you can really kind of limit the disruption to workflows in all of these different departments so that they can keep using the systems that they may or may not liking. We hope that they like them. Uh, but the student has that one single pane of glass that they can look through on an everyday basis for whatever it is that they need. So in terms of, we talked about user experience, specifically student experience, I'm interested in the, the people behind the scenes experience, right? So the, the people at the offices making those appointments and looking at those bookings, um, and then also the admins, and what, what do they see and how do they experience the app? Um, and what does that mean for them in terms of a better student experience? Yeah. Well, they experience it in a couple of different ways. Uh, one that I'll kind of touch upon for a moment is goes back to just a principle of what we built, which higher ed is solving and addressed with challenges that are extremely difficult. I mean, societal macro level issues from equitability to retention, um, well-being. I mean, really, really hard things that a lot of very smart people are working on solving. And when we were building Rara, we took a step back and we said to ourselves, how do we distill this? How do we simplify just ultimately what our value proposition is, but also what the problem is? And the way that we see it 
is a college campus, no matter it being two-year, four-year, uh, global or online, is a community that has two sides. One is this very fluid, diverse, and beautiful population, first and foremost in the students. And on the other side are all of these static services, resources, offerings, and opportunities. And our job is just to make the space between simpler for those students and smarter for the institution. But as it turns out, and this was fairly organic, there's other stakeholders that have this very same or similar rights and access to all those services, resources, programming, and that's employees, faculty, prospective students, the alumni, and even the general public to talk about the town and gown uh, relationship. And so all of those types of users can experience rah-rah from a front-end perspective so that they immediately have that sense of belonging, have an easy work-life balance, have an easy experience exploring and a relevant experience exploring the institution. So I think that's one thing to call out. It's why we call this a community engagement system versus a student life platform or an engagement platform or so on and so forth. Um, the next side is, you know, from an administrative perspective, giving them the ability to observe data in real time from their phone or from the web so that they can see at any given point, oh wow, the well-being center is being utilized on Thursdays from two to four by these students, but on Mondays it's being utilized um, from one to three by these students. And so really getting intelligent and accurate about that types of data that can span any corner of campus. Uh, we also made it very easy for them to essentially create, update, or manage the content within the application. I'll sound like a TikTok influencer, but content is king. And one of the reasons that the utilization of mobile apps in higher ed dwindles is because it's really hard to keep them fresh. You know, right now, if I am the uh, resource leader, so let's say I'm the director of the well-being center at an institution, and I want to update the photo in the mobile application, or I want to change the word from a to the, well, in the current state, that is a ticket that has to get logged to Central Marcom or Central IT. And Central Marcom and Central IT get thousands of these tickets on top of what they do on a day-to-day -day basis. And so the application ultimately becomes stale. We made it very easy for the individual who owns that resource to actually update things themselves through what we like to call distributed management. And so it was very, very important for us to focus on building a strong CMS background uh, and also having a lot of data that immediately could help them at any given point in time. Hey, all Zach here from Enrollify. If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing by the month and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. Our shows feature a selection of the industry's best as your hosts. Learn from Mickey Baines, Jeremy Tears, Jamie Hunt, Corinne Myers, Jamie Gleason, and many, many more. You can learn more about the Enrollify Podcast Network at podcast.enrollify.org. Our shows help higher ed marketers and admissions professionals find their next big idea. Find yours at podcast.enrollify.org. You know, that's an interesting topic, especially in higher ed uh, from our comp teams, this idea of how do we keep information updated 
while maintaining standards uh, for brand, for uh, voice and tone. And so I'm assuming that the the back end, um, when those individuals and those individual resource departments are updating things, it's not like they can change the logo or make it pink. I assume it's mostly no. just content <laughs> updates, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, I uh, will. I mean, we'll keep using your alma mater in Michigan. Uh, I do not think that anyone would appreciate a, a pink block M in their official uh, or one of their official applications or something like that. Uh, they'll probably want to stick to the maize and blue. Yeah, you, you'd be surprised at what I've seen, though. I've seen pink black M's. Um, well, I mean, a T-shirt is one thing, but the digital front door to an institution is another. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so based on, you know, all the all the data you've seen and the students and users and admin, what's what's next? What's the next iteration? Are you looking at changes or additions to the, the engagement right. opportunities? 100%. Uh, I think that that's probably our biggest differentiating factor is for some reason in the higher ed software and technology space, there's been a bad habit that's grown of upselling, which slows down innovation and it breaks budgets for institutions. And we really operate on more of a release side of things. And so we are constantly meeting with our partners or with our potential partners on things that they need, things that they want. Um, you know, Corinne, if you were a chief in, a information officer or a chief student affairs officer, you know, we would go through the product, but we would spend just as much time talking about our roadmap, talking about where it is that we're going next, because you know, what we build today is not what we want to be tomorrow. We want to be V2, V3, V4. And so we're constantly questioning our product. We're constantly critiquing it. We're constantly enhancing it and constantly adding to it in a way that is organic. So we don't want to go down the road of having, you know, a thousand bells and whistles, but only a few of them ring. Um, we want to be in a place where what we build provides an immediate impact. And so thinking about further integrations, thinking about uh, further analytics and enhancements to other areas. So there's a lot of stuff that we're excited about when we look at our roadmap over the course of the next two years. At that executive leadership level, are you seeing common themes and requests that these individuals really want to see in community management in general and in student experience in general? Uh, yes, definitely. And it depends on you know who that executive administrator is. Uh, but microsurveys are a big deal and are very important right now, uh, whether that be from a programming perspective or from the classroom perspective. Um, analytics and more flexibility in our dashboards are very important. Integrations are very important from the uh, IT side of things. And so it really does just vary on who uh, is kind of requesting things. And that's why it's so important to have a strong product team, having a strong product culture, because it's our job to genuinely and intentionally listen and look out for all of these comments. And then we kind of put them all together and then we present what we believe to be the best, but then we take influence on it from our partners so that we can literally map out what should be built next, what should be enhanced next with the direct influence from our partners. And so when we you know, work with the school, it's not a transaction of us just providing a platform and moving on to earn the trust of the next institution. 
it's a partnership. We are inviting them to have a seat at the table in the direction of the solution. And I think that that's so, so important because that's how some of the more successful software companies in the higher education space have started and continue to execute. You know, and Structure did it with Canvas in the sense that they didn't just think of the best LMS possible uh, to then go out and compete with Blackboard as a startup. They spent two years building that before they even made their first sale. And so we saw that we wanted to follow a similar approach. And as it turns out, there's so much innovation that has come from that approach that we don't want to hang that up anytime soon. We don't plan on it. Are the are the surveys that you mentioned um, part of Rara yet, or are those are those planned out? Uh, you know, it's something that we're just exploring right now. Uh, we want to be intentional with anything that we do. Uh, we don't want to be a cure looking for an illness, um, but we are listening to everything that we hear from the uh, from the market's perspective. That's a super interesting um, idea. I know it's hard to get student feedback at scale, um, and so I'd be interested to to see how that that uh, comes about. So, in terms of, and actually, I have a request for a feature. Um, if you could make okay. this, but for employees, because let me tell you, higher ed employees navigating all the resources available to employees is is a whole other ball game. And so, I I think I'd I'd really like to see that as well. So. Put that on your list of things to do. Yes, ma'am. I will. <laughs> so in terms of, you know, looking at, you know, zooming back out a little bit and looking at student experience in higher ed, what do you think is the next the next thing or the next horizon or the trends that you're seeing that we're hoping, you know, come about or the way we, we change how we think about student experience in higher ed? What are you seeing in terms of larger trends and the future? Um, I would say what I, what I'm starting to see and what I get really excited about is, you know, the reality is, is that today's traditional student is not what yesterday's traditional student was. I mean, these are folks that have jobs, that have families, that have commutes. And so I think, you know, and it's something that community colleges have done a great job of thus far is engaging in more community partnerships. And so, yes, there is that food pantry that is on campus, and that should be there, and that does so much good. But there's also the food bank that's on Main Street or in the next county down the road. And so what can these institutions that are anchor points of communities do to set up partnerships so that all of those services and those resources are just as discoverable and accessible as those that are on campus? And so we're start, we see that actually in the community college space, but I think it's something that'll be very important for the four-year space as well, um, because you know students today are just getting more and more diverse in you know where they're coming from, where they're going to, and what it is that they're looking for. And so I think that the more flexible of an experience that you have, the more holistic that experience is, the stronger that that institution will be. That's such an interesting uh, topic to cover, the the idea of community partnerships. I think for a while now, for some reason, higher ed, um, specifically you know, regional and, and larger institutions, have this desire to be global brands, um, which makes sense for some. But for many institutions, 
focusing on local communities and what they have around them, the resources they have available and those potential partnerships is the biggest opportunity, I believe, especially for those brands, because those those institutions serve those communities and they should serve those communities. And this idea of reinventing the wheel on campus when you said there's probably a food pantry, um, you know, a couple blocks down, and this idea of becoming a community staple to really not only protect the brand, but create a community in which is, is thriving and also advocating on your behalf. We know that funding for higher ed has been declining over and over again. And really it comes down in, in a lot of cases to those, those residents in the state supporting those institutions, but they won't do that unless they see that impact, that local impact, that demonstrable local impact in their everyday lives. And so this idea of taking institutions um, and really looking at an institution in that community as a, a way to connect those those resources and expand out from campus, I think is such an interesting idea and such a great way to um, not only build that brand reputation, but show students how to be good humans, really. And that's kind of the idea right behind this education and how education can be a gateway. We're really creating the future leaders and I think I, I just love this idea of being more aware of partner opportunities in the community, especially at every level, right? Every level, not just central Marcoms, but these departments um, and this expansion. So, in terms of of what Rara is doing, the, and specifically, are you are you looking to expand those resources available to off campus resources, or are there conversations happening with institutions you're working with? You know, it just depends on the campus and on the culture. Um, we're thankful to have a very flexible and configurable platform uh, that can account for things of that nature. But, you know what, just to go along to, you know, the point that you were making, there's a, I'll paraphrase a quote from a chancellor of a large state system that I just love. And I think it's, you know, something that ultimately drives what we want to build and what we want to continue to build. And that is that higher ed in the current state, and it's shifting, needs to move and transition from being an open and a closed door to being a revolving door. And so, and there's a lot of talk about this when it comes to skills, when it comes to credentials, but I think the same could be said for the experience, um, where there's a ton of investment from the institutional side and a ton of gain to be had from uh, the community. And so if you just make your entire institution this secure uh, first and foremost, but open or revolving doors so that a student or an individual can go get the le- the services and resources that they need at, at that point in time. And I think you're going to see a lot of good. And so we really want to be uh, the tailwind of that revolving door that's kind of coming in place. I think something as simple and going back to U of M, the University of Michigan has this amazing natural history museum that is free and open to the public. And my kids and I go very... Re- go pretty frequently. I think I actually have most of the displays memorized, um, but they, they do change them out. And my son is obsessed with dinosaurs. And this idea that, you know, my kids, my daughter's nine, my son is five. Um, and we've been going to the Natural History Museum for the last couple of years. Their experience with the University of Michigan has been this awe, this wonder, and this really cool experience. Um, and this idea that we can create those experiences as institutions 
for future generations, future prospective students potentially, and the community that we live in is such an incredible brand building experience and opportunity. And so this idea, I love the revolving door idea because, you know, like you said, the community that we we serve um, also can benefit from the services and resources. And also this this idea that, you know, students come and go, but their families and their their ability to come back and experience things before, during, and after graduation is such a huge opportunity, I think, and one that we don't necessarily dive into. I, I had Allison from Siena on on a on a episode and she described this this thing they're building where they're actually helping high school students fill out applications and FAFSA and they have this resource office that does these things and they have no expectation that these students will apply to their institution they're just generally helping them um, navigate these impossible applications and FAFSA and these very overwhelming things especially for students who are first gen or don't have the resources or um, support to help them navigate it. So this idea of, again, building a resource for the betterment of the community um, and really serving that community is such a great idea and and connecting those resources because she's got to tell people about the resource as well. Otherwise, no one's going to come. So I I love this idea of community and partnerships. And I think there's such a huge opportunity here, especially if we can convince higher ed in general that they really need to focus on their backyard and really make an impact there. And I think that will be, the ROI there will be much higher than trying to go national all the time. Well, and I, th- I think that actually, you know, there's a thread between the two, right? In the sense that, you know, you can enhance uh, and strengthen what many call the anchor of the community, which is kind of what we're talking about right now, but also from a global perspective, whether that be with uh, enrollment management or student recruitment, um, to alumni engagement. And what I mean by that is, you know, give in the enrolled student as well. So if there's a global campus that is headquartered, say there is, you know, a campus presence in Florida, but they have the ability to assess, oh, wow, we have 200 students that are in the West Virginia area. And being able then to answer or ask and answer the question of what services, what resources can we help those students in West Virginia discover and access? Um, or for that prospective student that is interested in Oklahoma State or University of Michigan, but lives in California, giving them the ability from afar to discover and access the resources at Michigan or Oklahoma State that are relevant to them. And so this is the power of mobile, right, is that you can actually start scaling your institution, whether that be from a literal resource and service perspective, but also just from that you know, application to enrollment, like the, the entire enrollment funnel can be impacted by just putting all of the services and resources that you have in the hands of a student that is far away. Um, and whether that's from an access perspective or just a discovery perspective, I mean, there's some stat out there that students today are looking at the technology that the institution provides as a really weighted, you know, influence on if they're going to attend that institution. And so if I'm interested in Oklahoma State, but I live in California and I can hop on a platform and I can see, oh, wow, look at all these groups that are actually relevant to me. Look at these brand new resources and services that could serve me. That's going to increase my interest in attending that institution. 
And I think that we are in a shift right now where for so long, higher ed has been an enrollment-based business, and that's not going to go away entirely, at, truly entirely, because uh, it is extremely important. But there's a shift in more of a balance between enrollment and retention. And so I think that you know, partnering with a solution like Rara helps you kind of fight that battle on both of those fronts, which is pretty, pretty interesting. And it's doing it with the same flexible, configurable solution. So wrapping up here, a couple of final thoughts, because um, I never have a problem talking for an hour. Um, <laughs> Especially about higher ed, right? Right. <laughs> we love it. I love, I love this idea of simplifying what sometimes feels like an overwhelming project um, which is the personalization of content to students, right? We, we know students are very unique individuals with different motivations and experiences and backgrounds. They're all coming and, and doing things and making decisions based on incredibly unique to them um, experiences. And so this idea that we can take the resources, show them all the available things that they can take advantage of by simply having them give us a few uh, you know, data points um, based on their own preferences and kind of opt in and really hone in on the resources that are going to make the difference um, in their decision making, whether it is to enroll or stick around or tell their friends, I think is such a powerful, a powerful difference. Um, and it's honestly one, it's, it's the first I've seen really of this ability. I've, I've seen a lot of higher ed tech. I haven't seen many that allow for this discovery and this personalization in a way that actually mirrors um, or imitates um, the things they're used to and the expectations they have of apps. So I'm, I think it's incredible. I think um, it's something that you know we should all be looking at, whether it's rah-rah or just in general this idea of personalization for students um, and not having to know every single one of their experiences but letting them tell us what they need and customizing that experience to them i think is such um a, it's a it's almost a pivot um and movement away from students as a as a, a group to recognizing the individual within that group um, is huge and the student experience um like i've said in all the other podcast episodes is the difference. It's the biggest opportunity I think we have as higher ed um, professionals is really focusing on that experience aspect. Um, so I'd like to hear any any final kind of thoughts or, or anything you want to, to kind of wrap up here in the last five minutes or so. Um, well, first and foremost, this has just been a blast. So thank you so much for having me again, Corinne. I appreciate it. Um, but, you know, I think for us, you know, what we see and we probably sound like a broken record in saying this, and it kind of you know emulates what you just said. But you know, the student experience, or as we like to say, simplifying student life, is something that is just so so powerful. Um, and you know, I don't mean to sound coined in saying this, but it truly is a tide that can rise so many boats, and we're seeing it live on campuses today. You know, that first generation student finding you know an easier process to get the the help that they need. Or that traditional, you know, senior um, that is just wanting an easier way of life. Like all of these things can be accomplished just by untying that knot. You know, as you said yourself, students have no problem voicing their opinion, which is a good thing. Uh, they're powerful, and you know, they have a voice, 
and they now have a microphone or a megaphone to voice those opinions. Um, and so it's not really, that isn't necessarily the issue. The issue is the process. And so you want to focus on that process and making that as easy and as consumer-like as possible. And again, there's just so much impact that can be made and a lot of data that can come from it. And I mean data from an ethical perspective, uh, not you know observing these students in an Orwellian manner, but really, really helping them um, and doing so in a communicative way so that they're aware of that. But they, more importantly than being made aware of it, they can feel it. They can see it because it's in their hand every single day. And so we're just excited to kind of be at a place where we're gaining traction with, uh, with the market. We're earning trust um, with the market. And I think that that wasn't necessarily easy as outsiders that were a startup. Um, you know, ultimately we've said the same thing since 2018 is that we want to be a partner, not a vendor. I don't think higher ed needs another vendor in this challenging time. They need partners that are going to be, you know, on the ground with them working every day to make an impact. And so we're thankful to be in that position. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to see, um, you know, more institutions not only take a student-centric approach, but really think about how they can better communicate resources and get those resources in front of the students that really need it. Um, so to wrap up, tell tell me where I can learn more information. <laughs> well, I would recommend uh, reaching out to any of my teammates. They're all a heck of a lot smarter than I am, uh, and they're all wonderful. Uh, you could find any of us on LinkedIn, um, on you know via Rara or on our website, so www.raralife.com, uh, or email any of us. It's the first name at raralife.com. Uh, I would hand out my phone number, <laughs> but I don't know if that's the best idea. Um, but you know, we're in a place where you know we like to listen before we even look to partner. And so whether it's a conversation to talk shop, uh, to give feedback, to get feedback. Uh, to potentially partnering, we just want to be an ally to this space because it's so, so important, especially in America. It's truly a differentiating factor. Um, And so we want to scale what that means and we want to be there to serve a really, really kind of important, important piece of this country. Well, thank you, Cooper, so much. Um, I've I've enjoyed this um, and we will talk again soon. I can't wait. Thank you so much, Corinne. That's a wrap for this episode. Please rate and subscribe via your favorite podcast platform. And remember, a better student experience is always the answer. Hey, all Zach from Enolify here. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Application with Corinne Myers. If you like this episode, do us a huge favor and hit that follow and subscribe button below. Furthermore, if you've got just two minutes to spare, we would greatly appreciate you leaving a rating and a review of this show on Apple Podcasts. Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. But Enrollify is far more than just a podcast network. Enrollify is where higher ed comes to learn new marketing skills, discover new products and services, and find their next job. We're a growing, learning community of 4,000 members, and we'd love to welcome you into the fold. You can access our free blog articles, newsletters, e-courses, and more, or purchase our master course on how to market a university with Terry Flannery at enrollify.org. We look forward to meeting you soon and welcoming you into the community. Again, you can subscribe for free at enrollify.org.